Well, as we uh, just talked about last segment, we're approaching a full year's worth of COVID-19 orders. And I actually think the first order was issued March 8th or 9th of uh, 2020. Um, We see those orders still in place. The governor putting another uh, 30-day order in place on Friday. I think that's the 14th order he's put in place. And these orders are being challenged. They've been challenged uh, since last last spring with uh, then-State Representative Darren Bailey bringing a case, challenging the consecutive 30-day orders. And then we had a whole bunch of businesses bring it all together as well. Uh, and uh, lawsuits filed, uh, some dismissed, some appealed. Uh, so a variety of different uh, different things going on in the, the legal realm challenging these COVID-19 orders. Uh, but one case led to uh, some discovery and an order uh, from a Sangamon County judge uh, on that discovery. But to kind of give us more background about how we got to this point and what we can learn from that discovery, uh, attorney Greg Earl joining us, uh, and he is with uh, the law firm Myers, Earl, and Nelson, uh, and he joins us on the WMAY morning news feed. Uh, Greg, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Hopefully all is well, and you've got a uh, stack of papers there you're working through. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're working through uh, uh, some a lot of documents, to say, the, to say the least, about that. So the state has complied and given us, uh, I wouldn't say a document dump. They, they've done, uh, the judge discouraged them from doing that. They've, they've provided, I don't know, almost, I think, 2,000 pages of discovery. So we're pretty excited. We're working our way through it. So give us a, a brief rundown here, and we'll take you all the way to the top of the hour with a hard break. But uh, how did you guys get this case? And uh, give us where we're uh, where we're at now and, and what other tracks there are uh, when it comes to challenging the governor's orders. Yeah, so we got this case pretty uh, randomly, to say the least. Uh, Casey Gobril is the owner of Foxfire. He happens to be in a Bible study uh, with one of my law partner's fathers. Uh, so Kevin uh, Nelson's father uh, mentioned, hey, why don't you call my son, Kevin? Kevin and I met with Casey, and we just said, hey, we believe in you. We think this is wrong. This, these orders have gone on long enough, and we decided uh, to put our head together and kind of come up with a a battle plan on what to do, and that led us to filing a, uh, a temporary restraining order in King County against Governor Pritzker, which uh, a lot of people are aware of was successful, but uh, it's kind of a two-part track with uh, filing a TRO because you, you file for the temporary restraining order, and then you want to get a permanent restraining order to have the governor's order declared uh, null and void. So we're kind of both facets are kind of in place still. It's a little bit of a unique case. We've got one facet before the uh, pending before the Illinois Supreme Court, waiting for them to decide if they want to take it. And then we have the other facet headed to trial, um, hopefully, before Judge Grishow in Sangamon County. And that idea of it going to trial, uh, that's kind of where we got this order from uh, Judge Grishow in, in Sangamon County, uh, ordering the governor's administration to start turning over discovery. Uh, and you said you've got 2,000 documents that you're pouring through, and this is just the initial part of the discovery. The order said, like, on a rolling basis, they have to start turning that over. So they have started turning that over. What is in these documents? What kind of justifications provided in these documents you guys have been able to glean so far uh, to justify closing restaurants? So we're still working our way through it, but what I can say um, is that the information that's being provided online, uh, and, and to be fair, most of the data that we, we sought was purely for Kane County. That is where Foxfire is located. Um, that's where a lawsuit was brought, even though we were event- eventually consolidated into Sangamon County. Maybe some of your listeners are wondering why the heck is 
a Kane County restaurant down there. We were actually consolidated uh, in Sangamon by the Supreme, uh, Illinois Supreme Court. We are the last plaintiff remaining against the state down there. But so, so the documents and the data relates to Kane County. And what we have found um, is that, one, the data online does not reflect the data that we were tendered. The state, in reality, I, I don't think, based on what we're seeing so far, the state really doesn't know how COVID is spread. They, they know it's spread in long-term nursing care facilities and family gatherings, but they, have, they, they lack the ability, which makes sense, to track how COVID is spread between people. Um, and where, where, where contract tracers, you know, is it a grocery store? Is it Walmart? Is it a, is it a hardware store? It's almost impossible because to determine what, where it actually originated. Um, so one, we, we think that's a pretty damning fact for, for our, uh, well, for the governor and in our favor, but two, also the, the, one of the things that's kind of the most, um, alarming, so to speak is, uh, the state has not set parameters on the threshold testing levels for COVID uh, uh, positive tests. And what I mean by that is when they, I believe there are 25 laboratories that are testing these um, COVID tests and coming back positive COVID or negative COVID. And I, I don't know, maybe I was naive. I just thought, hey, we're going to set testing thresholds so that it, so that we have a uniform baseline of COVID tests. And what's, what we're finding out is the state has no clue what any of these testing laboratories thresholds are. So if, so if the testing threshold is too high, uh, the likelihood of a COVID positive test is very, very low because it's very narrow. If the testing threshold is low, it can it, the, the possibility of a COVID positive test is higher because it's taking in all these other different factors. And the state has not even set a formal parameter around that on what, what the 25 laboratories are testing. So if they don't know how the test is being administered and how it's being calculated, how can they assert all this data and shut all these shutdowns when we don't even know if we have false positives or, or what have you? So it's kind of, it's actually alarming. Greg Earl, he's an attorney with Myers Earl Nelson handling the Fox Fire case. Greg, that's all the time we've got. We'll talk again soon for sure, all right? Hey, thanks, Greg. Have a good one. Yep.